0: Nelson Sessler had secrets. One in particular was something he had kept from Annalisa, and now it was too late to fess up and admit he was that guy, a playa. Not many men can admit to being that guy. Most that are, they just don't see it. They kid themselves and make excuses. But in the end, when faced with the prospect of losing what they have at home, they suddenly feel as though the grass wasn't greener on the other side after all. What they had all along was a blessing, the best thing that ever happened to them. In Nelson Sessler's case, however, his blessing in disguise was dead. There would be no redemption. It was over. A dapper-looking man, with business-cropped brownish-black hair groomed around the ears, parted on one side, and dark, round eyes, set on a fair complexion, cast over a boy's face, Nelson Sessler was a smart guy. Nobody would argue with that. But bad decisions are generally made with the highest intellect at the ready, in the spur of the moment. For Nelson, who carried himself well, although some claimed he came across as cocky and one of those I'm smarter than you types, every decision from here was going to reflect the type of person he was at heart. Nelson had gotten rid of that thorn, Sheila Davalu, or so he thought. For Sheila, she saw things a little differently. I had no idea she was obsessed, Nelson said later. We never had that kind of relationship where we shared the word love. It was completely left field for me. And yet... If one is to take a peek at some of the letters Sheila later wrote to Nelson, the word love was all over many of them. In fact, her signature sign-off was, Love Always. As of November, though, Nelson had found himself back settled in with Anna. He was now focused on Anna and rebuilding the intimate relationship he had almost allowed to slip away. On the very same morning of Anna's murder, November eighth, two 2002, before the superintendent saw Nelson leave for work, Nelson and Anna had sex, Nelson would soon explain to police. They had not made love, no, that's not what he said. To be exact, Nelson put it rather superficially, kind of tritely, and as positively terse as he could, explaining... I woke up early in the morning and we had sex, Anna Lisa and I. Then I went to work. For a day that was about to end on an entirely different note, that was how Nelson's morning began. When Nelson walked out the door, he claimed, Anna was knitting. This was the last time he saw Anna. She sat, fussing with some needles and yarn. Truthfully, Anna loved to knit. She would sit and think about her life, her work and the things she had to do that day. This was Anna's time to contemplate and reflect. It brought her incredible peace and comfort to make something from nothing. Known to her family as the bright star, Anna was said to have brought life, enthusiasm, and energy into any event or gathering she attended. Friends and family called Anna smart, which goes without saying, really. She was more in the highly intelligent column. Sincere and independent was how her mother Susan once described Anna. If there was one thing that made Anna who she was, it had to be her knack for setting a goal and achieving it. Anna never talked about what she was going to do, ruminating on tomorrow and what might be. She never fell into that, Oh, well, someday I'm going to write the great American novel or travel the world. Anna did what it was she yearned to do and did not allow any obstacle or resistance to get in her way. She cared not what people thought about her or what they said, only that she was fulfilling the values she had set for herself. One friend later said there were always two Annas. There was the one who liked to go out with friends to clubs in Manhattan and have a ball dancing and talking and laughing. Anna was often the leader of the group, watching out for everyone. Then there was the more docile and homebound Anna, the one who liked to be a recluse, neatly tucked inside her home with her.